I'm Logan. And I'm Ryan. And this is Automatic for the People. It's automatic. It's automatic. It's automatic. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Automatic for the People, a Mr. Robot podcast. We're finally getting around to our season two finale, unfortunately. Finally at the finale. <laughs> yeah. Um, unfortunately, it looks like Jess hasn't watched any of season two. So she's been busy with other things. Um, although I'm hoping maybe we can convince her to come on for some Legion. Um, if- yeah, she did ask like, Hey, when does Legion start back? Soon, very soon. Yeah. So we also have a trailer for Legion. Did you watch it? I didn't watch it. I didn't. I didn't want to see it. I didn't. Um, I just. I just. It's so close. Why would I want anything to get? Yeah, that's kind of the way I felt. I might go back and watch it though. I don't know. I know it. It gives us our first look at Xavier. So that's interesting to me. Um, I texted some, or I texted <clears throat> something. Tweeted something out earlier because I saw this thing on Facebook. It says, um, be the villain you were born to be. Stop waiting for someone to come along and corrupt you. Succumb to the darkness yourself. And I put uh, in a tweet, it just says, dear David. And then it has a picture of that. that. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, I put hashtag Legion. But when I read it, I immediately thought of Legion. Um, yeah, we have, uh, I was trying to find the start date and there we go. It's like June 17th, 11th, June June 24th. Oh, I didn't think it was that far. So we are, uh, 41 days away, which means we're going to have to, uh, kind of pick up our pace for sure. Cause we want to get. The idea, I think, is we want to get through season three by the time Legion starts. Season three of Mr. Robot. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice, but there's also the chance that we get through season three and Legion and Preacher. And then we've got three months worth of time to kill before. There's no way. Preacher starts August 4th. So if Legion is 10 episodes, it will be wrapping up. Let's see. It premieres on the 24th of next month. Um, so, yeah, so yeah, but at the time, my thinking was that it was on like the 10th or 11th or 13th or something like that. 24th is kind of late. Yeah, it looks like... Uh, We'll still be talking about Legion when Preacher premieres. So if it's 10 episodes. So you're talking about. Uh, so that puts it going into. Uh, let's see. One, two. Three, four, five, six. Seven, eight, nine, ten. That puts it going to August 26th. If it's 10 episodes. And when does uh, August 4th? Yeah, that's so that's two weeks of 
or almost the three weeks really of overlap, which I'm fine with. That's totally cool. Um, we'll be recording two episodes a week for those, uh, weeks, but that's fine. Um, and so say preacher is 10 episodes and it starts on the fourth. That puts it going to one, two, three, four, uh, five, six, seven, eight. Nine, ten. That puts it going to October 6th. I, I gotta believe by October we'll have Mr. Robot. You think if, that, if not, it'll be really, really close. Yeah, to it'll that. be before December, I think, that we'll uh, get Mr. Robot. Of course, this means we're not going to be doing season two of American Gods because we slacked off. Um, uh, that's hey, I mean, if, if we have to, we can just put that off till October. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> um, pretty sure it's going to wind up getting canceled anyway. So. Yeah, <laughs> if we go to the filler, graveyard with yeah, that'll that'll that could possibly be our two or three weeks of filler. While we wait on Mr. Robot. Um, so, and I mean, if, if that winds up not being the case and Mr. Robot's thing will start to like December or something, then I mean, so be it. We're going to have plenty of other stuff to talk about. So, um, you know, there's also, uh, which does it have a premiere date yet? Um, Good Omens. Uh, that's the Amazon show. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it has a premiere night. I'm so, pretty sure it's right around the corner. Yeah, May 31st. So, yeah. There's stuff we'll be able to talk about. I'm not too worried about that. I'd rather kind of go ahead and knock out season three and be prepared um, in case it winds up that Mr. Robot season four drops, you know, uh, October 1st or something like that. Right. Or 2nd. Well, the Wednesday show. So, um, there's no yeah. love lost with us in American Gods anyways. So. I mean, for we forever said we weren't even going to talk about season two. I still haven't watched it. So, um, yeah. I watched the first two episodes. That was it. Yeah. So, anyway, we're talking about the season finale of season two of Mr. Robot, um, which I should have had my notes brought up and I didn't. So, um, uh, so I'm very Game of Thrones minded right now. So I hope you do have some kind of. I have a little bit, um, but I mean, not a ton. So I didn't really know. I don't know. I, I had a hard time finding stuff to really focus on. Uh, Shutdown is the name of the episode, um, which is apt considering where it ends. Uh, and I re I think I remember right that season three starts off with power saver mode, which is also very apt. But we'll talk about that when we get to season three. Um I mean, I kind of just want to jump straight to the end and just be like, how 
insane was it at the time to end a show, end a season? Well, I mean, I doubt there's anybody listening that hasn't watched the episode. So, yeah, it's not like we're going to come to any new super realizations for anyone. So, I mean, mean, jump straight to the end. (laughs) It's not obviously not the first show to end the season with somebody getting shot and you not knowing like what what's going to happen. But to me, like it wasn't the. I don't think him getting shot was the... Yeah, that that Angela phone call. Yeah, I need to be the one he sees when he wakes up. Is so... Because of where we leave her before that, you know, she got brought into that room with that little girl who asked her all those weird questions. And then she meets uh, White Rose. White Rose shows her something. And then now she is fully... On back on board with Elliot's thing to the point that she seems to know more than we ever thought she knew to begin with. Yeah, that's kind of where I was at with her. Like, how much does she really know? When she told Elliot she was going to go confess or whatever, what exactly was she going to confess to? I mean, I don't think she knew much more than we knew that she knew. I think White Rose told her a lot, you know, laid out because this is we've seen the beginnings of Angela, quote unquote, breaking. But this is the thing that breaks her. Right. Like this is where she goes over the edge and she's kind of lost her mind, like after all of this. So whatever White Rose showed her and let her in on. It it eventually just breaks her brain. And whatever that is obviously involves Elliot stage two. And I just, I, I don't know. It, it, I'd honestly forgot about the phone call. And I know we get some answers in season three, but, and, and also uh, I, just to jump to the whole, a whole other side of uh, the finale. I had completely forgotten that Romero was shot by a stray bullet. So did I. Well, I actually had forgotten a lot of stuff. Um, which it didn't take me long to go. Mr. Robot's the one working with Terrell and, and White Rose. Right. And it's Elliot who's on the. Yeah, it didn't take me long to remember that. Um, forgot about the stray bullet. Uh, even though I I do remember kind of talking about it at the time, like when she are said we it, sure I was like, "She's oh, not lying yeah. about that." Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, but yeah, I, I when she said that, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right." That was her whole thing. Like she laughs at uh, Darlene and during that interrogation, and she's like, "Come on, I want to show you something." And then shows her that room. And yeah, the room almost solidifies the fact that she's probably not lying about the stray bullet. Right. But it's still a possibility. And she also doesn't have all her her facts straight. Like, she has all of the pieces. The thing that they don't have is Mr. Robot. Like, they think 
Tyrell is the leader of the the show here. Which is, is really interesting because that tells us that no one except for those close to Elliot know he has a split. Right. I mean, Angela knows. Uh, Darlene yeah. knows. His uh, shrink knows. D- does her- she know? For sure. Yes. Okay. But, well, maybe not here. I don't remember. Has he had that conversation with her? No, I, that's what I'm... I don't remember him having it. He does, but I can't remember if we already saw it or not. Because she she has the whole conversation about she wants to talk to Mr. Robot. Um, Even if she does know right here at this moment, it's still, I would think, part of a confidentiality thing with him. Oh, yeah, but, absolutely. Um, But nobody else really knows. Not even Tyrell. Because he's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, he kind of sees a big glimpse of that at the end of this season. That <clears throat> that there's that Elliot has these two personalities. And I don't know that he necessarily figures it out, but he definitely is starting to understand that he's not always dealing with the same Elliot. Excuse me. <clears throat> I love the uh what's his name? We get him um, saying that this was basically always going to be the future. It's just been helped along. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Is it Price? Yeah. Um, I do. I do. I did want to talk about the Joanna stuff. Okay. It's... She goes over there and gets the crap beat out of her. I she forgot found out where it the... was him. Yeah, the, where the gifts were coming from was Scott yeah. Knowles all along. But do you think, I mean, she purposely went over there knowing that she was going to get her butt kicked. She she So that she could manipulate. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, she's that's exactly that what I thought. She, we, she tells us she's that person. Well, that's what, I, that's exactly what I was thinking is like, I'm I'm not going to excuse the man beating the crap out of her, but she's not opposed to getting into a little bit of pain just so she can have what she wants in the end. Exactly. So I I thought that was kind of interesting. I I didn't really remember that part of, you know, her getting the crap beat out of her. I remember that she got beaten up and, uh, but I, I didn't remember the whole thing of like, you know, him messing with her and I just kind of forgotten all of that. So I I guess a, a lot of the stuff with her kind of got pushed to the wayside when she, uh, I mean, spoilers for season three, when she dies in season three, like all of her plot threads kind of, it's like, it was like a delete key in my brain. Like, oh, well, she's no longer important, so I can just move this information to another folder or something. So, um, so what do you think White Rose showed Angela? For me, that's the biggest 
that's still the biggest mystery of the show. Like, not even, <clears throat> I guess it does fall, fall into, like, what is White Rose's plan, but what did he show her? What did she show her? Well, when I thought about it, I, I couldn't really come up with anything other than something relating to her family. Because you have to stop and consider what would affect Angela in the biggest way. Her mom. So, and I just don't know how, because of what's happened with her dad, I don't know what Which White one? Rose, <laughs> I don't know what White Rose could have done to swing her. I just have no ground to stand on, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. I, it's really interesting. I know you're, you don't watch Riverdale, but there's a very similar plot in Riverdale right now that is stupid and goofy on that show. Um, it involves a cult and this guy that runs it saying that he can like connect people to their uh, loved ones who have passed on and like seems to be doing it for some reason, somehow, some way. And, um, that he's using that to kind of manipulate all these people. But like, it's what I thought of when I was rewatching this episode, like is, was he able to show her how he could maybe not really, but at least make her believe that he could connect her back to her mother you know, he brings that up in the conversation, you know, talking about like, you know, you're this thing that keeps popping up like, you know, and so I had to find out what you're really all about. And, you know, maybe have you ever thought that it was destiny or something uh, that you and Elliot, like it was always supposed to be this way. Like your parents died for a reason for you to you know, I guess move this plot into motion. Um, I, I don't know. It's going to be really, really interesting to see what that is. Um, if we get an answer, I hope we get an answer. Um, it can even be, a, a vague one that doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense, but I would like an answer, um, about, you know, what the plot is. Even if it turns out like White Rose is like maniacal Doctor Doom kind of villain and this is all just nonsense and it was never going to work anyway. You know, like, no, you can't travel in time. What are you, stupid? You know. <laughs> Speaking of time travel. Uh, yeah, the, I thought that was great. The part one of the finale had... Three songs from the Back to the Future soundtrack. Four songs that were in Back to the Future or on the soundtrack. <laughs> so, so that's three and one one more that was definitely was not on the soundtrack. So one not on the soundtrack is Davy Crockett, right? Yeah, it's Davy Crockett. Okay. Which is playing on... Is it on the TV? When it's he... on the jukebox. Uh, when he goes into the diner, yeah, it's in the it's in the actual. Uh, I actually found that out through Amazon. Um, what do you call their little thing they do? Oh, X-ray. X-ray. 
Yeah. yeah. It's a trivia question for it. There were four songs featured in the episode that were also featured for Back to the Future. So we we know from our kind of somewhat deep dive in Homecoming how Sam Esmail likes to reuse music from other things. Like, he loves that. And sometimes I guess it's just because he likes the piece of music. But even in Homecoming, like we kind of got you get the sense that a lot of that is as much as he likes the music and it fits for what he's using it for. It's also thematically relevant to what's going on. So like if he was using a piece of music from Rosemary's baby, like it's a very like horrific kind of scene. Maybe he doesn't have to deal specifically with the stuff that Rosemary's baby's dealt with but it is you know a quote-unquote scary situation um so I, I mean maybe i'm way off base but we've been saying it pretty early on that the time travel stuff would possibly come into play now i noticed two of the back to the future songs but the four and here's the thing they're back to the future songs. Well, that's also not back to the future part two, but I thought about this a lot today. Back to the future part two is very much still back to the future part one <laughs> for some of the movie, but the only song. I think you might hear him back to the future part two is, uh, the, the saxophone music. The, I can't think of the name of the song. Yeah. That one. Um, um it, I understand. And I, I agree with you. Um, so maybe because of I train. So. Uh, maybe because of the Back to the Future two rep, direct reference and the indirect reference to Back to the Future Part One means something, because very much in Back to the Future Part two it indirectly and directly all at the same time references Back to the Future Part One. <laughs> yeah. I guess you probably hear Earth Angel in Back to the Future Part 2, too. Um, but I'm 100% positive Davy Crockett is not in Back to the Future Part 2. And what was the other song? It's called um, Time Bomb Town by Lindsey Buckingham. Where is that play in Back to the Future? Probably doesn't. It's probably only on the soundtrack. Only on the soundtrack. So that definitely wouldn't be in Back to the Future Part 2 either. So. Huh. I think, according to what I can see, I didn't really dig too deep into it. I think that was like a song that was specifically for the Back to the Future soundtrack. But I'm not sure if you want to. Anybody wants to check that out. 
I don't know. Just I feel like that's maybe I'm just you know grasping at straws, but I feel like that's a hint at something. That there's songs from Back to the Future Part One. Oh, actually, Tom Bontown was in the movie. It was playing on the radio of the bum, Red. Okay, yeah. When Marty returned in 1985. Okay. So all of them are directly from the movie. I just, I feel like that's something. Maybe I'm off base, but I feel like that's something. That it's specifically the first movie. And maybe it's just because the second movie doesn't have a lot of music like that. Well, there's something really interesting that I, and I just feel like this connects in some way that I have no idea. At the beginning, depending on how you watched it, it tells you previously on Mr. Robot. And there at the end, you have um, Mr. Robot talking to uh, Terrell. And he says, I can't remember the sentence or the paragraph. Excuse me. Apparently now I got the hiccups. Um, that he says, but as the episode begins, you get that same conversation between Terrell and someone, but it's not Mr. Robot, it's Elliot. And he says exactly what Mr. Robot says. So you see two different versions of the same conversation, which is kind of Back to the Future 1 and Back to the Future 2. Because what you see of Back to the Future Part 1 in Part 2 is a version of what happens in Part 1. It's just something we didn't see. Yeah, it's like the the other side of the the coin. You know, we saw it from one way. Now we're looking at it from a different way, seeing what happened while all of that other stuff was going on. So, <laughs> so what if Season 4... Is a lot of what we haven't seen. Oh man. Like going back to season one. That would be interesting. And just showing kind of different sides of situations that go on through the three seasons and then maybe wrapping it up towards the end or something like that. Something back to the future part two-esque that would be interesting i mean we still have a whole other season to discuss before that so it would be um i mean i don't really see it happening i just thought it would be pretty interesting yeah like you said (laughs) i mean i'd dig that i'm sure a lot of people wouldn't but i definitely would um i love any kind of meta you need to watch Cobra Kai. I know. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you were talking about the the beginning. So, at the very, very beginning of the two-part finale, uh, we get uh, Dom going through her whole thing after just, you know, coming off the, that shooting. And she's kind of forced to go home. And take a little break, which I don't know how you could possibly, how do you come down from that? You know what I mean? Like you were just almost killed. Asking 
I'm not going to say her name because she'll wake up, but asking her machine stupid when the questions. When the world is. Yeah. <laughs> See, that, that, hey, Alexa, when is the end of the world? That's, to me, that's also very, very telling. You know, it, it's telling of Dom and like where she's at personally, but I think it's also a clue to the show. Well, that door, talking about where Dom's at personally, that window, that door, whatever, gets open wide in that one 10 minutes of Dom asking, oh, you know, yeah. are you my friend? Do you love me? Um, and then she opens it up a little more when she's talking to Darlene. Which Darlene, for all Darlene knows, she thinks you're just somebody in here trying to get information Which out makes of me. that reveal so good, right? Yeah. Because you're kind of with Darlene. You're like, don't don't answer the questions. Like, they're just trying to bait you and get you to give them more information. And then you get Dom saying, like, all right, come with me. And showing her that room where they literally have all of the the lines drawn to everybody except they're just missing Mr. Robot because they don't know he quote unquote exists. And it's crazy. It's crazy the way they reveal all of that information to us as an, as a viewer, because there's nobody like staring at the camera, telling you what's going on. You're, you're in it with Darlene, kind of saying, like, seeing all of this and going, oh, God, they have almost everything they need. Oh. Um, and she calls it, uh, what does she call it, the Python approach? Yeah, something like that, yeah. which is, I thought that's what the name of this episode was, Python, part one. Oh, no, oh, that was... was the last episode. No, that's just, hold on. I get confused. Yeah, yeah. Season 2, episode 11, 2.9, Python. I was looking at season 3. Sorry. You're yeah, right, yeah, Python. Python. It is Python. When you said the title, I was I thought, I was like, I don't remember seeing that. <laughs> no, I had it pulled up on IMDb, and I had it on season 3, because I was looking at, uh, uh, the the title for uh the premiere which was power saver mode but i had it all the way at the bottom where it said shutdown and then, so i just said shutdown i'm stupid it is python um so that's pretty i did i i didn't appreciate her dom's little you know i won't tryst with uh darlene there at the and um, I, for her to just unfold all of that right in front of her, it's kind of like Dom going, look, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with y'all, but this is my job. And also, this is what drives me. So I'm not going to stop. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> she... Uh... The, just the way she lays out the information is so non-expositional. Like, it's so 
antithetical to every other procedural kind of show that there is. Because you always have a conversation. You watch a lot of that stuff. There's always a conversation 30 minutes into the show between four or five people. And they're explaining to you the entire plot of the show so far. And or how they're going to catch the killer. Or So here's what we do. And they're like, oh, okay, so it would be just like this. And they would compare it to something a little simpler. Yeah. You know. It's like it, so it's like. Making pancakes. So right. Dumb people can understand what you're talking about. <laughs> and and this show never... I know I've talked about this before. It never does that. I know, but every once in a while, I would appreciate just like a <laughs> little bone. You know? <laughs> so there, I, there's not these big aha moments and like, wait, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> it pays to rewatch this show, man. It really, really does. Um, yeah, I don't know that we can ever get away from this show. Um, honest, just <laughs> we're gonna have uh, to do like a yearly, at least like season rewatch of episodes of this show. <laughs> yeah, we'll just start over from season one next year. <laughs> well, we might take a year off. So, um, so we also got maybe the single funniest thing in the entire series in this episode, which is, again, I love metatextual stuff. The guy who, uh, uh, Dom's boss, uh, can't think of his name. He's working with white Rose and them. He sits down in front of Darlene and gives her that whole spiel about, this is not a procedural show. This is not television. This is not the USA Network. Characters are not. Yeah, this isn't burn notice. This is what yeah. he tells. There's no blue skies waiting for you. Uh, characters are not welcome. Like he does this whole thing, and it's it's just so layered, uh, layers upon layers upon layers upon layers. Like a, you're gonna find out this dude is crooked. Well, you don't know that yet, but you're going to. Um, you know, you have the writer writing these words for him. You have, uh, the show is on this network on USA. Um, you have something, they're doing something so completely opposite of what every procedural dramatic show does by not laying everything out and saying, here's what's going on in case you're lost. Um, it, it's just so meta and so funny that I like I was laughing when he started when he's like characters are not welcome. <laughs> it just oh it cracked me up so much. Uh I guess I'd just forgotten all about it. So um yeah, it's it's so freaking good. Uh and then I don't know if you noticed it, but I guess maybe it's something I never thought of before. And maybe because I hadn't really heard his name a lot until, uh, you know, the big orange doofus became our president. But Comey gets mentioned by name. Like the the guy that was in charge of the FBI. Yeah. So I was I like, oh, wow, that. they just said mm. Comey's name. Because <laughs> Dom's like, we need to take this to Comey. And he's like, no. 
Like, we're not running this all the way up the ladder. It's not what you think it is. And she's right. Like, I, I hope this series gets to a point in season four where at some point in time, she can look at somebody that she worked with and say, I was right. You didn't listen to me. And I was right. Like, semi-spoilers for uh, Avengers Endgame. One of my favorite parts of that movie, even though Tony did all the wrong, all the right things in the absolute worst wrong way, him getting his moment when he lands back on Earth with all of those people saying, you didn't listen to me, but I was right. I loved that. I, I, uh, that was one of my favorite things. Um, it, it's just one of those eye-opening things that, like, everything costs something. What are you willing to fight for and what are you willing to give up in order to achieve your ultimate goal? Everything costs something. Some things cost everything. <laughs> yeah, Tony. Um, I just read this on Slash Film, um, which I should go to more often, apparently. Um, Smail. Probably the best news website out there. So, um, Smail on season two, on Angela in season two of Jack, of Jackie Brown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr. Robot. Actually, he says, um, Jackie Brown does it so well. Uh, where I'm watching the back half of the movie and I don't know which side Jackie Brown is playing, I think it's really ingenious for Tarantino to keep us in the dark on that. Uh, does that sound familiar? Yes. <laughs> uh, and, and it's something we've said from the get-go. This show, where other movies and shows like to mask their... Uh, not not even really their references, their influences. Like, Sam Esmail seems to, like, so embrace them, put them on display, and never back down from going like, yeah, I was influenced by X, and here it is. You know? Like, oh, was Fight Club an influence on this? Yes. Absolutely. So much so, we put the damn song from Fight Club in the show. You know, I mean, it's it's just all there. Yeah, I'm with you. It's part of the brilliance of the show because, um, I mean, I, I'm not going to go as far as to say as there will not be any original ideas, but you'll be hard pressed not to, or you'll be hard pressed to find one. You'll be really hard pressed to find some kind of situation that hasn't been put on paper before in some form of literature so to wear it on its sleeve and embrace it makes it to me just better i mean it's it's that whole all art is theft or, or like picasso says good artists copy great artists steal and, like, there's a kind of negative connotation to stealing, but, like, when you're openly, 
like going like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. It, it influenced me in this way. You are stealing, but you're also acknowledging. Yeah. It's like quoting somebody in a paper you wrote at school. It's only stealing if you don't give them credit. Yeah. And I think he gives all the credit where it needs to go. And and then in, in that same process tells us a great story. I mean, what a great storyteller, man. I mean, he's probably the best working today, in my opinion. I know we've said that before. But it's so... And Tarantino gets brought up a lot. You love him. I think he's very, very good. I, I think he's a little too. When his old age, he's you know, um, just I, I very, still very good now. <laughs> I still haven't watched the last film, but like I think *Inglorious Bastards* is his masterpiece. But um, to be he able to masterpiece take... got directed by somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, but to be able to take all of this stuff, like, he's obviously a consumer of pop culture and uh, niche, you know, things. To take all of that and put it into, like, a food processor of his, the food processor that is his brain and regurgitate it into something that's, equally as palatable and sometimes more important than the things that he was influenced by. It's, it's crazy. There's not, there's very, very few people in the history of pop culture who were able to do something like that. And that's where Tarantino comes in. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Tarantino is that kind of person. Yeah. I think he takes it to this extreme. So do I. Just a little bit over the line sometimes. Right. But what he did, I'm with Sam Massimo on the Jackie Brown stuff. Actually, that, you know, if you were to break down every film, that might be one of his best. But, you know, in in the same sentence, you got to say that's based on an Elmore Leonard novel. Right. Who is one of the best. <laughs> right. So even that's not his own. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, he is, he is Tarantino at a level. Yeah. Like 2.0. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so subtle sometimes the stuff he's doing, um, which we've gone on. Well, home. Homecoming is a brilliant, yeah. you know, display of, the subtleness he can have with I've never seen all those old movies and you're watching it going like this is Hitchcock I'm pretty sure this is Hitchcock but he does it very subtly where it's almost like if you don't catch on to it early (laughs) you might not catch it yeah um and this has turned into how awesome is Sam Esmail but I think (laughs) this episode is a prime example of all of that because what happens in this episode? Uh, not much at all. It's, Darlene gets caught by the cops. Um, her it's boyfriend an hour and is, a half of 
Yeah, her boyfriend's dead. <laughs> is um, he dead or is he just hurt? No, I think he's dead. Dom's telling her about somebody in the hospital. That's oh, it's the, the guy other... they dropped off. Yeah. yeah, the other guy. Okay, now something else I didn't catch on to at the time. Yeah. Um. And then and did we talk about the regulators poster from a few episodes ago? I think I, I don't know if we talked about it this time, but we definitely yeah. talked about. I know it we originally. talked about it originally, but it's that's another thing. Like young guns. I so. I, I'm, this is a whole other episode, but like you sit there and go like, that's from young guns. Like, what does that have to do with anything? Young guns is about a group of kids who were just basically brought in as orphans, essentially, and given, you know, food, shelter, whatever. And, and there's a purpose, basically. Right. And all they had to do was protect this dude's land and his cattle. And he got killed. And when they didn't have somebody to rein them in, when they were left to their own devices to uh, exact that revenge, it went further than it ever really should have. They yeah, that's where they kind of went off the rails. Yeah. Is when they got deputized and said, okay, now you guys go after who killed John Tunstall. Yeah. But they didn't give them any guidance. (laughs) You know, and they became something they never intended. You know, that was not the goal they set out to achieve. So let's see. A bunch of young kids. Quote unquote deputized, not by society, but by. Um, kind of alt society or something, but the anti society, whatever. Um, well, I mean, basically, giving them a computer is like giving them a badge and a gun, right? Um, you know, are are set out to balance the scales of these wrongs that they see, and somehow wind up becoming something they never intended and setting into motion something that they then cannot control. And also all while creating their, their own worst enemy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, They needed Mr. Robot and Elliot to get in just like Terrell says, basically to get in the back door without Elliot there. None of this works. Um. Yeah, it, it's it's freaking genius. I can't wait to talk about season three because you don't remember a lot of season three. You had some stuff going on at the end of the year. So, <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm really interested to jump back into it. Um. Dang, I feel like so much happened in this episode that we need that to we talk about, but it didn't. But there really wasn't much that happened. It's a lot. Most of this season is a second act. Like it really, really is. It is a lot of table setting. It is a lot of like putting the pieces in place or moving the pawns around the board. And it can be really fun and exciting, but ultimately you don't have an answer for anything. You don't know any more at the end of this season 
than you did at the beginning of this season about what the you know yeah, that's know definitely that there's a stage two. Like and that, you know what stage two is now too. Yeah, yeah. The the documents, you know, which you know, I can't wait till we get to that scene in season three. Um I remember the backpack scene. Yeah. That's such a good episode. Um Yeah. I, I remember mean, really, like that's... catching that and being like, What? What yeah. what was that? <laughs> Uh, I still that still bothers me. Like I still like no, there's no way he moved that fast. Um, but it is what it is. Um, yeah, there's there's other stuff. I I'm sure we've glossed over so much stuff, but we hit on the big things I wanted to talk about. Angela in that room, what white rose showing or something. Um, that the test, the questions reminded me a lot of the questions that in Blade Runner. Um, it, yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not very, um, educated on Blade Runner. I've seen it maybe two times. Um, and I still haven't seen the newest one. I thought more of like an old timey computer game. Yeah. Um, back well, when it's like, set up like that. Well, I mean, I realize the visuals made you think that, but uh, for some reason there was, is it, is it big where they're playing that stinking computer game? Something about something, it's got a wizard in it or something. Him and his little kid buddy play some weird computer game. I can't think of what it was called now. Pretty sure it was in big, but I'm not sure. So uh, the the questions in Blade Runner, it's the Voight Kampf test, which is a real thing, and it's designed um, to uh, like trick AI into uh, like revealing them themselves or something like that. Um, you can Google the Voight comp test. Uh, let's see. I was trying to find the, uh, come on. I hate sites that do not have mobile versions. Like almost every major, uh, uh, whatever website, uh, my brain's going blank has like scale for, you know, mobile or whatever. If you're not using that, you're an idiot. So. Uh, That's pretty funny. <laughs> the science behind the Voight contest, a database of pictures uh, that includes emotionally disturbing pictures of people in road accidents, things like that. And neutral pictures. You can measure whether somebody has an emotional response to a picture by the speed with which they perceive it. And by the size or magnitude of the various responses you get. So I guess it's designed to see whether you're showing empathy or not. So, or what you're empathetic to. Right. And so they use that to, um, and he kind of tells her that, right? Like he had to make sure she was uh, able to receive the information he was going to give, or she was going to yeah. give 
Um, the game was called The Cavern of the Evil Wizard in Big. And uh, oh yeah, that's right. Like and, I remember uh, that the now. message on the computer screen would be like, "You're standing in the cavern of the evil wizard, you're surrounded by ice, um, and slain dwarfs, or something like that." I'm paraphrasing this. I'm trying to read fast, but it asks you basically asks you a, a question or something. I think, and if you answer it wrong, you can't get out. You can't defeat the evil wizard. See, here's the funny thing about big. If you if you frame it in the right way, big is about time travel. Oh yeah, definitely. Um <laughs> uh, that's like on a whole nother level make my brain hurt. Especially if you try to compare it to Mr. Robot because Jump back to what I was telling you earlier about the scene. Go back and watch it on Amazon. Watch the previously on. And then watch it through where Elliot completely restates exactly what we saw Mr. Robot tell Terrell. And it's the same conversation. But one view gives you Mr. Robot talking to him. And the other view gives you... Elliot talking to him. Yeah. I, this show's just so freaking brilliant. <laughs> so we've got 10 episodes of season three that we have to get to in, uh, what did I say? 40 days. So, because it starts on the 24th, we said. Well, even at one a week, that would be five possibly six so that's only four episodes we gotta make up the difference on yeah well which we'll do it we'll probably knock out uh how we could probably knock out two episodes this weekend so um yeah i don't i don't have anything else to add um it's gonna be i don't think i do either it's gonna be a pretty busy next six and a half months so lots of tv all right good news is game of thrones will be over with so yeah and uh if y'all aren't listening to ryan's uh game of thrones podcast you really should be um i mean they only have one more episode left (laughs) have y'all decided on uh doing something else like a rewatch or Possibly. I was kind of hoping I'm thinking we could take a break for a minute and see if we get any kind of announcement after this season ends. Maybe take a month long break. Yeah, I think within the first month you'll probably get an announcement of because there's series in the works. um, I assume they're just waiting to announce it. Yeah. Um, It feels kind of like the way Star Wars does. Uh, Star Wars does. Like, yeah, we're going to kind of hold off on that. Or the way Marvel's doing. Like, we know there's movies coming. There's one coming next year. We don't know what it is because their main focus and push has been towards Endgame and now, you know, repurposing the conversation with Spider Man Far From Home, which did you see the latest trailer? 
Yeah, I've seen it. It's fantastic. Okay. Um, spoilers for Endgame and the trailer for Spider-Man Far From Home, which spoils Endgame. <laughs> um, uh, alternate universes? I think it's very interesting. Very fitting with our Mr. Robot conversation. <laughs> yeah. I think it's an interesting route to go, like you said, if it's true. Well, but I don't see Nick Fury playing around with stuff he doesn't know about. But did Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Spoilers for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Did Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. already reveal to us that it is true? See, now that's very much possible. I kind of hope they pick up that bone that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. threw out there and run with that. Like, hey, we knew this existed. And then you hear Fury start referencing some Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. material, which ties it. It just brings it all the way back around. So, I mean, the, when I watched the premiere, I was like, huh, so maybe we are doing other dimensions. Like, even before we got to that reveal at the end, I was like, uh, this looks like interdimensional travel, which we've kind of seen in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. before. I mean, they went to another planet. They went to the future. Like, See, I was thinking more along, that's what you were referring to. Did they go to the future, though? I mean, we think that they went to the future. They went to a possible future. They like, went to someone's future, possibly. <laughs> it's kind of funny that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., for the most part, seems to have been ahead of all of the reveals in the actual cinematic universe. You know, like the Kree, like play a much, played a much bigger part in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., before we saw them again in the MCU, the regular movies. And, like, the Kree were a-holes in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, of course, they were a-holes in... The yeah. <laughs> Did you say spoilers for all, everything MCU? Sure. Because I'm sitting there watching Captain Marvel thinking, why do I think he's a good guy? Because I don't <laughs> think he's a good guy. Because you watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Guardians, and you remembered that the Kree were in Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, they weren't that nice. <laughs> yeah, to me, I'm sitting there going, I don't buy this at all. Um, so it's almost, I mean, we're. I was 30 minutes into the movie before. Actually, it started when What's-His-Name showed up from the dude from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, you're like, oh, wait, yeah, no, they're, they're not good people. <laughs> yeah, I was like, these, these dudes, I'm thinking these dudes cannot be trusted. Like, they are not the good guys. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's funny how Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. seems, if that turns out to be the case, seems to have been, like, just one or two steps ahead, like a couple of beats ahead of every all the movies you know before we got to those quote-unquote big reveals i don't um, know about you i'm just going to choose to accept that as my reward for being a faithful agents of shield watcher <laughs> oh yeah absolutely i and i i'm excited to see where the sh the show goes kind of makes me sad we're not still doing agents of shield podcast but it it just got to where uh coordinating schedules yeah it was too much it was just too much so um anyway uh yeah go check out uh no one a game of thrones podcast 
You can check out everything else we do over at xwingfiles.com. Um, you can support us, uh, patreon.com slash automatic for the people or patreon.com slash xwingfiles. Um, however you want to do it. Uh, email us, uh, Podcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at Mr. Robot Podcast. I don't know what we're going to change that to when this show's <laughs> over. <laughs> um, go do all that stuff. Go write and review us on iTunes. Uh, we'd like to have uh, uh, a nice big following and lots of glowing reviews for when the show starts back up. Maybe we'll get uh, get some more people listening to this, the first Mr. Robot podcast. So, which and we'll always have claim to that. So. Yep. We're, this is, I believe, our, well, at least on iTunes. I'm not sure about anywhere else. Definitely yeah. the first one on iTunes. This is coming up on our, our fourth anniversary if we hadn't already passed it. Oh, I thought it was like in July. Let's see. Mr. Robot Season 1. Hello, friend. June 24th, 2015. That was when it first aired. So, and it it dropped three weeks. Uh, so, it was at the end of May. Beginning of June. Yeah. So, we're coming up on four years. So... Well, that's pretty cool. Somebody send us some presents. <laughs> um, we need some anyway. anniversary presents. Um, go do all that stuff. We'll be back hopefully in just a few days with uh, the first episode of season three. Um, we're probably going to be coming fast and furious with season three. So just to kind of knock it out of the way. Uh, not in a bad way, but we want to be able to. Well, I'd rather do that anyways. Yeah, I can, I can stay more focused on the episodes if it's not two or three weeks in between watching them. Yeah. And TV seasons winding to a close for the most part. So it'll make it a lot easier. All right. Well, we'll see you guys in a few days. Bye everybody. Here's a little ghost for the offering Yeah, 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 yeah Here's a truck stop instead of St. Peter's Yeah, 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 yeah Mr. Andy Coffin's gone messing Yeah, 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 yeah Andy, did you hear about this one?
Just need 